Oh, this is, I mean, all of us here and, of course, the others that seem to watch this uh, or listen to it from uh, from the website. Uh, I'm going to go straight to uh, the uh, the book of Galatians. And uh, before I get there, I'll mark it right there. So uh, Genesis all the way to Revelation, a complete historical line. I mean, we're, you're going to be told it's not and other people are going to say, but it is. When you read the Bible, you've got to let it stand on its own, and it is. You can't, I mean, they can argue all they want to. The Bible's still there. It's still there. They can't prove one thing. What's so funny is some real obvious observations. Jesus quoted out of this one like it just happened. Of course, he was there anyway because he's God in the flesh, you know. Before Abraham was, and Abraham's in that book, I am, Jesus said. He said that in the book of John. Before Abraham was, I am. He also said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And they said, you're not even 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? And that's when he said, before Abraham was, I am. (laughs) So, oh man, we got a loony guy on our hands, if it's not true. But no, it is true. It's like you say, Lord, lunatic, or liar. Well, he's none of those. I mean, well, he's Lord, obviously. Actually. Okay, now historically, when you come down here, this is where Jesus actually shows up. I mean, we see him in the Old Testament, but he's born of the virgin here in you, uh, historically, same stories, Matthew, same stories in Mark, same stories in Luke, just a little bit different because when Bob tells a story about that rattlesnake, I tell it a little different when I tell it. I say, man, it was this long. <laughs> Bob says, no, it had 12 rattlers on it. You know, I mean, you just, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. No inconsistencies there. Anyway, when you, when you realize what's going on, it's a piece of cake. But anyway, so when you get down here to the book of Acts, so that's in the New Testament, we call it Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. That's total history, okay? These here, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, if you'll notice, it, even these titles, when we see in Galatians here, it's a letter, and it's a short letter. So watch what happens here in this letter that Paul wrote to, uh, the, to the book, to <laughs> call Galatians, but it's a letter. So here we go. Paul, from the mission, excuse me, the missionary and all uh, other Christians here, to, notice this, the church is, it's more than just one, you know. I was not called to be a missionary by any group or agency. My call is from Jesus Christ himself and from God the Father who raised him from the dead. Wow. We like to say uh, facts and assumptions, whatever. These are the ground rules. Wow. Okay. Now look at this. May uh, peace and blessing be yours from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now remember, this is a letter. It's an email. It's a text message, shall we say? He's not trying to be theological. None of that's in play here. Look what he says here. May peace and blessing be yours. Okay, so Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. I mean, it's like those guys that wrote that song, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Yeah, it's because we just think, I'm not going to bother the Lord with this. Please bother the Lord with this. Paul even wrote in another letter to another church, the Philippians, he says, in everything by prayer. And if you, and if you do that, the next verse says, the peace that passes all understanding. Anybody can go through a problem as long as they know it's okay, you know. But the problem is we don't know what's okay. But you can be okay knowing that the Lord is going to fix it for you. And you can let that peace help you through that time of turmoil. Anyway, somehow we just miss it sometimes. We think he's too busy helping other people with their life. And we don't want to. But let's stay with this. He died for our sins. Just as God our Father planned and rescued us. Look at this. From this evil world in which we live. King James says he's delivered us from this present evil world. That's good. All glory. Through all ages to eternity. Now, what took care of our sins? He did. What? I mean, look at this. Now, here's getting to it. Watch this. I am amazed that you are turning away so soon from God, who in his love and mercy invited you to share eternal life he gives through Christ. Oh, yeah. They're going out drinking. They're chasing women. And they're doing all that. No. Uh, you're not going to believe what the problem was. 
they all went back over to thinking, well, I've got to go to the feast at Jerusalem on Thursday, and because it's the feast of whatever, and I've got to keep the Mosaic law, I've got to do all these things, and, and I've got to be circumcised, and I've got to do all these things. It's, it's just a requirement. No, there is, the requirements are gone. Watch how mad Paul gets about this. I'm amazed you're turning away from God who in His love and mercy invited you to what? See, these are not just place fillers. These are important words. Eternal life. That's what causes uh, Phil to find his cell phone and his pocket knife and the blessings that Mel was talking about and I was mentioning all of this. Uh, that he gives through Christ. You're already following a different way to heaven which really doesn't go to heaven at all. There's no other way than the one I showed you. You're being fooled by those who twist and change the, the truth concerning Christ. In other words, yeah, you can accept Jesus, but unless you do all these other things, you're not going. That's no, baloney. It's baloney. Let God's curses... Well, God don't curse no. Yeah, He does too. Peter, I mean not Peter. Jesus cursed a fig tree one time. But now watch, close this. Let God's curses fall on anyone, including myself, who preaches any other way to be saved. There is only one way, and that's Jesus. And you're not going to get no credit for any of it. Thank God I never got a divorce. Thank God I was a good dad. Thank God. I ain't going to get you in heaven. You can forget it. It's the blood of Jesus. Anyway, so anyway, uh, if anyone other preaches another way to be saved than the one we told you about, he's going to explain what he told you about. It's so simple. It's just he did it. You have to trust him. Yes, if an angel from heaven preaches any other message, let him forever be cursed. I'll say it again. So this is the third time. If anyone preaches any other gospel than the one you welcome, let God's curse fall upon him. You can see that I'm not trying to please you by sweet talk and flattery. No, I'm trying to please God. If I were trying to please men, I could not be Christ's servant. Now, we don't lost anybody. What's he, what's he so upset about? Remember, it's more than likely, I don't know, but he wasn't in Turkey. This, is area, this, is, this letter was written to the area we call Turkey today, but it's Galatia. Paul could have been in prison at this time, but we really don't care. He just wasn't there. He wrote a letter. Dear friends, I solemnly swear that the way to heaven that I preach is not based on some mere human whim or dream. Now, you'd see this in the book of Acts. Remember what happened? Paul's on his way to Damascus, and he's going to kill the Christians. He didn't know pistols, but they, he won't kill them. He was. And that light came down from heaven, all this stuff. He said, for my message comes from no less than Jesus Christ himself, who told me what to say. No one else taught me. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how that I went after Christians mercilessly, hunting them down and do my best to get rid of them all. Oh, boy, he did. He tells us about this in the book of Corinthians, too. You'll read it for yourself in the New Testament. You know, the King James says he wasted it. That's what he I mean, he was hauling these people in prison. In the book of Acts, he was standing there holding the coats when they were stoning Stephen, going, good shot. That's a nice shot on his nose right there. That'll finish him off, you know. Man, terrible. Okay, he said, listen, my, old, my own age, uh, I was the most religious Jews, I was one of the most religious Jews of my own age in the whole country and tried as hard as possible to follow all traditional rules of my religion. But then something happened. What happened? Even before I was born, God chose me, called me, uh, what kindness and grace to reveal his son within me so that I could go to the Gentiles and show them the good news about Jesus. Gentile just means you're not a Jew, okay? Everybody that's not a Jew. Which is like, you don't do that. You don't, the Jews are not involved. I mean, the Gentiles are not involved. It's only the Jews only. Well, see, that's how far off base they got. Abraham didn't believe that. <clears throat> the people that Abraham was around in the book of Genesis, they were all found out about the Lord too. Pharaoh found out back in the day of Abraham. Earlier Pharaohs, that is. Abimelech was king. He was a Canaanite and good friends with Abraham. Town people, you read it for yourself. 
great little story in there that Sarah died and Abraham said, uh, I need a place to bury my wife. And he said, how about, uh, and they said, oh, we'll pick whatever place you want. And he said, well, can I have the end of the field, the oak grove, whatever? And then the guy spoke up and says, well, it belongs to him. And uh, he's there at the, at the meeting and, he's, and he says, well, it's worth 400 shekels. But he says, what's that among friends? In other words, he says, just take it. And Abraham says, no, nah, I want to buy it from him. And he goes, well, okay, whatever. So he bought it from him. And that's where Abraham and Isaac and Jacob were buried. They were all three buried there. But anyway, they all knew the Lord. I mean, Abraham was key in telling them about him. But here we go. When all this happened, I didn't talk over it once with anyone else. I didn't go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. He was saying, I got this from Jesus. I didn't go ask Peter about it. No, I went into the deserts of Arabia and then came back to the city of Damascus. That's recorded in the book of Acts. It was not until three years later I finally went to Jerusalem to visit with Peter, for a visit to Peter and stay with him for 15 days. He'd only seen Peter after three years for 15 days. Where's Paul getting this information? Now notice we're at the end of this chapter right here. And the only other apostle I met at that time was James, the Lord's brother. Remember, Jesus had several people in his family, sisters and brothers and whatever, and James was one of them. This is not James and John. That James had died in the book of Acts. Okay, but uh, this is James, the Lord's brother. He's the same James that wrote the book of James. Okay, listen to what I'm saying, for I'm telling you this in the very presence of God. This is exactly what happened. I'm not lying to you. Then after this visit, I went to Syria and Cilicia. You know, it's near the foot of uh, Italy out there. And still the Christians in Judea, remember, it's only been three years. They didn't know what I look like. Now remember, he was killing them. Now look at this. All they knew was the people were saying that our former enemy <laughs> is now preaching the very faith he tried to wreck. Wow. And they gave glory to God. In other words, they were like, because Paul was the ringleader of trying to kill the church. He was. Alright, so now we got a little basis of what's going on. You don't stop there. This is a letter. It keeps going. Then, 14 years later. So now we're at 17 years. I went back to Jerusalem again, this time with Barnabas and Titus came along too. I went there with definite orders from the Lord to confer with the brothers about the message I was preaching to the Gentiles. I talked privately to the leaders of the church so that they would understand just what I'd been teaching and I hoped agreed that it was right. Now he'd been on his own for 17 years. Look at this. They did agree and they didn't even demand that Titus, my companion, should be circumcised. See, because the Jews were like, "You're, you're not a Jew, you know. Drop your pants, we know. You know, we can tell the difference. I mean, it was that serious. You don't keep the holy days. You don't keep the Passover. You don't do all these things which we've heard in the Old Testament, those stories. Okay? You know, and all the stuff the women are supposed to do once a month. You know, God, what all that kind of stuff. And the men had to do stuff too. Wow. Anyway, they did agree. And they didn't even demand that Titus, my companion, should be circumcised, though he was a Gentile. Now, watch this. I mean, Paul, is, he's, he's, he's hot about this. Even that question wouldn't have come up except some so-called Christians there, false ones, who really came in to spy on us and see what freedom we enjoyed in Christ as to whether we obeyed the Jewish laws or not. Now, I'm going to stop here and add to it that we Baptists, we Methodists, we whatever, we're just as guilty as the Mormons and all these other people that wrote their own books. No dancing. No this. No that. No whatever. No smoking. No this. No no. Pews on your church have, can be certain colors or whatever. We've all made ourselves sinners again. We've all condemned ourselves crazy. Like, we have to do certain things to please the Lord. Man, it's the same stuff. Well, anyway, these Christians, they're false ones who came in to spy and see what, look at the word freedom we enjoyed in Christ, as to whether we obeyed the Jewish laws or not. 
They tried to get us all tied up in their rules like slaves and chains. But we did not listen to them for a single moment. We did not want to confuse you into thinking that salvation can be earned. Yeah, you got to work your way to heaven. Jesus gave you a boost, but now don't wreck it now. No, he gave you more than a boost. It's earned by circumcision and by obeying the Jewish laws. No. Look at this. And the great leaders of the church who were there had nothing to add to what I was preaching. By the way, their being great leaders made no difference to me. Now, this is good. I mean, we really are. We're on the same level. There's only one Lord. I don't care if we were First Baptist and I was the head honcho. Man. I ain't the head honcho. I'm not the head honcho anywhere. We're, uh, Jesus is Lord, not anybody else. Okay. The great leaders, they had nothing to do with what I was preaching, uh, add to what I was preaching. By the way, their being great made no difference to me. We're all the same to God. In fact, when Peter, James, and John, who were known as the pillars of the church, boy, I mean, Paul's kicking it down, isn't he? He's saying, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, when they saw how God used me in winning the Gentiles, just as Peter had been blessed, Greatly in his preaching to the Jews. For the same God gave each of us our special gifts. They shook hands with Barnabas and me and encouraged us to keep right on preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work to the Jews. The only thing they suggested was, you know, make sure you help out the poor. Well, Paul says, I was going to do that. But now watch what happens here. I was eager for that. But when, Paul, when Peter came to Antioch, you know, he came to Birmingham or somewhere, Huntsville, I had to oppose him publicly, speaking very strongly what he was doing for it was very wrong. Now, what did he do? For when he first arrived, he ate with, let's say, Alabama. But then when some Auburn people came over, he withdrew. Oh, no, I never eat with Alabama people. I'm, I'm Auburn, War Eagle, you know. Same thing. Little club. The Jews, uh, you know, they're like, oh, the Jews stay. We never, no, 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 no. I have nothing to do with people who are not Jews. When Peter came down to Antioch, I had to oppose him. Look at that, publicly speaking strongly against what he was doing, for he was very wrong. For when he arrived, he ate with the Gentile Christians who don't bother with circumcision and many other Jewish laws. But afterward, when some Jewish friends from James came, he wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore because he was afraid of what these Jewish legalists would say. And you can write your own little legalist view. Got to do this. Got to do that. Got to do whatever or you're not going to please the Lord. Who insisted that circumcision was necessary for salvation, they would say. And all the other Jewish Christians, even Barnabas, became hypocrites too. Barnabas is a good guy, but he fell for it. Anyway, following Peter's example, though they certainly knew better. When I saw what was happening and that they weren't being honest about what they really believed and weren't following, look at the phrase, truth of the gospel. I said to Peter in front of them all, uh, excuse me, Peter, though you're a Jew by birth, you have long since discarded the Jewish laws. <gasps> so why all of a sudden are you, he's going to say, trying to make the Gentiles keep them? In other words, trying to make the Gentiles obey them. You and I are Jews by birth, not mere Gentile sinners. And yet we Jewish Christians know, look at this, we Jewish Christians know very well we cannot become right with God by obeying our Jewish laws, but by faith. In Jesus Christ to take away our sins. I mean, that's what should put you to bed every night. It's my faith in my Savior that's going to take me to heaven. It's not some loop hole I'm going to find. And so we too have trusted Jesus Christ that we might be accepted by God because of faith. Not because we obeyed Jewish laws. None of us will ever be saved by obeying them. See, you know the dirty little secret about the law is if you break one, if you break one, you're under God's curse. And that's what's going to show in the next chapter. So it was an impossible system. That's the reason there was the blood, the lambs and all this stuff all the time. Because people were still failing. Well, they were failing anyway prior to that. 
But what if we trust Christ to save us and then find out we're wrong and that we can't be saved without being circumcised and obeying all the Jewish laws? Kind of like today, some people make a distinction and go, well, I'm a Jewish Christian. Uh, What does that mean? We sing Jewish songs at our church. Okay, good. And we observe this and that and whatever. And we observe this. You do? Hmm. Trying to, what are they doing? Well, I, I I just think it makes me close. It doesn't make you closer to God. Do that if you want to. But don't put your faith in that. Don't think because of that that Bob's faith in Jesus alone is going to be any less to get him to heaven than what you're doing. Because what you're doing is not going to get you to heaven. Let's watch this. Uh, Wouldn't we need to say that faith in Christ has ruined us? God forbid that anyone should dare say such things about the Lord. Rather, look at this. We are sinners if we start rebuilding that old system. Boy, we're always sinners. No, Christ did something for you so fantastic. Anyway, I have been destroying the old systems I've been destroying of trying to be saved by keeping Jewish laws. It was through reading the scripture that I came to realize I could never find God's favor by trying and failing to obey God's laws. The King James says, for through the law, I died to the law. I mean, through, it, it, just reading the word. Okay. I came to realize that acceptance with God comes by believing in Christ. Oh, watch this. I, look, there's where it says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The real life I have now within this body is a result of my trusting in the Son of God. See, it's not what I've done. How great I am, who loved me, who gave himself for me. The King James says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ in me. Same thing. Actually, more we can see. Let's get it again. I've been crucified with Christ. When he died, I died. Praise the Lord. I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Sometimes we think, well, that's just Egypt. That's just a nice way to put it. It's real. Jesus said, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. He's on the inside. Praise the Lord. Anyway. For if we could be saved, look at this. For if we could be saved by keeping the Jewish laws, there was no need for Christ to die. Now that is a serious statement. Why did he die if I still got to keep all this other stuff? All right, here we go. Look at this. So, uh, same thought. Same, he hadn't quit at all. Remember, this is just a letter. He says, oh foolish Galatians, what magician hypnotized you? Cast an evil spell on you. For you used to see the meaning of Jesus Christ's death as clearly as though I waved a placard before you with a picture of Christ dying on it. Let me ask you this one question. Now watch this. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by trying to keep the Jewish laws? Of course not. The Holy Spirit came on you only after you heard about Christ and you trusted him to save you. Have you gone completely crazy? Look at this next thing. Have you, notice, have you lost your mind? For if, uh, if trying to obey the Jewish law, no, he says, for if trying to obey the Jewish laws never gave you spiritual life in the first place, why do you think by trying to obey them now, you'll be stronger Christians? Like joining the group that's saying, I've arrived now, I'm no longer on drugs, and you know, I wouldn't worry about people on drugs. People have difficulties, you know what I'm saying? What are you going to do? Say, well, you can't be saved, you're on drugs. Are you kidding? They want Jesus to save them. And we've, we've, we've sliced all this up and said, well, I don't do this, and I, I, don't, I don't do drugs. Which, I, of course, that's smart. It's like I've learned not to drive 180 miles an hour on a parkway. Oh, that's smart, <laughs> okay? But if you have a habit of driving 180, oh, Lord help you, you know, praise the Lord. You know, but we draw all these lines. I have quit this, and I have quit that, and I have quit. It doesn't matter. It's faith in Jesus. It never gave you spiritual life in the first place. Why do you think trying to obey them will make you a stronger Christian? 
You've suffered so much for the gospel. Are you now going to just throw it overboard? I can hardly believe it. I ask you one thing. Look at this. Does God give you the power of the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you as a result of you trying to obey the Jewish laws? No, it's because like Phil was saying, Lord, in the name of Jesus, <laughs> help me find that pocket knife. <laughs> you know, uh, Phil didn't have time to go out and do something great. Let's see, I better do something great. Let me go buy a coat for this guy. You, he said in the name of Jesus, that's a signature, meaning uh, uh, power of attorney. And you have the right to that. John 14, John 15, John 16. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will do it for you. So look, catch that verse again. I'll ask you again, does God give you the power of the Holy Spirit to work miracles among you as a result of trying to obey the Jewish laws? Of course not. It's when you believe in Christ and fully trust Him. Abraham, now see, if we hadn't been learning about Genesis, we wouldn't have caught this. But we know Abraham had the same experience. God declared him fit for heaven. This is in, oh yeah, it's in, oh, Genesis. Obviously, Genesis 15, verse 6, when he said, look up at the night sky. Because he said, all these stars, that'll be the number of your descendants. And the Bible says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. What does that mean? Remember, Abraham's just a fallen human being like all of us, you know. God is holy and whatever, and God said, I'll treat you as though you belong in my presence because you trust me. And that's what Abraham did. He just, I'll trust, I'll trust you. Okay. He had the same experience. God declared him fit for heaven only because he believed God's promises. You can see from this that the real children of Abraham are the, all the men of faith who truly trust God. God. What's more, the scripture looked forward to this time when God would save the Gentiles through their faith. God told Abraham about this long ago when he said, I will bless everyone in any nation who trusts me like you do. It's off the page, but here it is. And so it is all who trust, look at this, all who trust in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received. Abraham lived to be 175 years old. He didn't have any kids. At a hundred, and all of a sudden, he had his heart's desire. He had a child. And it was from his original model wife he had, Sarah, who couldn't have kids. Not just because of that time frame, but even earlier, she just had a problem. She couldn't have kids. But she did. Wow. And then all these miracles that took place in, in uh, uh, Abraham's life. Look what he says. Those same ble- That's the reason you go back and read it. What happened to him? What happened to him? What happened to him? What happened to me? Hey, cool. I could use some of that. Yeah, really? I mean, gee. Abraham had a well one time. Ah, it's nice to have water for my cows. And all of a sudden, his men would come out there. Well, Philistines stole that one from us. <laughs> and he's like, what? And so when the town people got together, Abraham said, hey, by the way, that well over there, he says, uh, it keeps getting stole from us. And King Abimelech said, well, it's the first time I've heard about that. I'll take care of it. You know, anyway. And uh, anyway, bottom line, he got that well back. I mean, what is it we're dealing with today? I don't care what your problems are. We serve, somebody took time to create you. We didn't just happen. That's the reason that it's just horrible to believe in evolution and stuff because we're just scum. We're just a bacteria that finally, and there's no way, the story of DNA proves that can never happen. You know, you were created just like you are right now. Your ancestors, not monkeys, whatever. God, anyway. All who trust in God share the same blessings Abraham received. Yes, and all those who depend on Jewish laws to save them, look at this, are under God's curse. We're going to stop here in the third chapter. We won't be able to get the rest of it. For the scriptures point out very clearly, curse, look at this. What's this curse? That's because if you break one of these rules, you're in trouble. Cursed is everyone who at any time breaks a single one of these laws that are written in God's book of the law. Consequently, it's clear. No one can ever win God's favor by trying to keep the Jewish laws because God has said the only way we can be right in His sight is by faith. 
The prophet Habakkuk said that, you know, the just shall live by faith. That's what that verse says. The man who finds life will find it through trusting God. I mean, we're hopeless without a Savior, and we got one. So look what he says in verse 12. How different from this way of faith is the way of the law, which says that a man is saved by obeying every law without one slip. But Christ bought us out from underneath the doom of that impossible system. That's why Paul was so mad. Why are you guys trying to keep all these feasts? It's nice to have the feast to remember about it, but don't think it's going to get you to heaven. It's nice to think about the Passover, but don't think it's going to get you to heaven. Jesus is who got us to heaven. Okay, anyway. For it's written, any cursed is everyone who, anyone who hangs on a tree, as Jesus was hung on a wooden cross. Now God can bless the Gentiles too with the same blessing he promised Abraham. Sometimes they try to say, well, yes, the blessing of Abraham today, it's, it's metaphorical. It's we're going to heaven, and that's what it is. No, it's not. It's all these financial things and everything else. It's all this family stuff. Praise the Lord. Man, amazing. You know, part of that family thing, you know, remember he had, a, he, had a, he had a son. He loved him, Ishmael. Hagar was his other wife, you know. And Sarah blew a gasket, you know, because <laughs> Ishmael and his mom were teasing Isaac. She didn't like it. She said, get rid of that slave girl. And boy, the next verse says Abraham was, he, it hurt his feelings. He didn't want to do that. But the Lord said, go ahead and do it. I'll take care of that. So a family problem right there. And Abraham was hurt and hard about that. But God said, do what Sarah says. Well, the man in the house, he rules. Nah, it looks like Sarah ruled to me, buddy. That's the story of the scriptures. And you read, what is it, uh, Esther? She ruled. It was great. She went in there before the king. The king said, well, you aren't, darling. You know, and all, but she wasn't supposed to happen that way. She should have been killed. But you read that story, and it was all about Jesus. It was. The Lord was taking care of her. Praise the Lord. But anyway, all this dumb stuff. See, that's another thing we built in our church. You know. These men, women can't make it today without a husband. You know. That's a baloney. They're going to make it because of Jesus. Praise the Lord. He's real. Wow, it's not because women's lib either. All of us, all of us women, all the women that know about trusting in the Lord, they're like, this is a piece of cake. It's the most easy thing I've ever done. Jesus is real. He helps me. Yeah, you have arrived, just like Paul said here. You don't need somebody to tell you, you better be doing this. Okay, now he says, God, get, oh, let's see where we're at. So God can bless the Gentiles too with the same blessing he promised Abraham. And all of us Christians can have the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. Dear brothers and sisters, in everyday life, a promise made by one man to another, let's say, you know, Bob and I made a, uh, we made a, 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 a writ, wrote down some sort of contract. If it's written down inside, it can't be changed. He cannot decide afterward to do something else instead. Now, where's he going with this? Okay. God gave some promises to Abram and his child. And notice that he doesn't say the promise were to his children. He's, the King James says to his seed, uh, <clears throat> which would mean his kids. Uh, it would... It will, excuse me, as it would have been all his sons, all the Jews were spoken of, but to his child. And that, of course, means Christ. Here's what I'm trying to say. God's promise to save through faith, uh, God's promise to save through faith, and God wrote down this promise and signed it, could not be canceled or changed. Look at this. Here's your time frame. 430 years later, when Moses showed up. See, the law wasn't there. The law didn't happen until they came out of Egypt. They went to Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai was on fire. He comes down with those Ten Commandments and they're worse than a cow. He crashes them on the ground. Oh, man. You know, had to go back up there. You know, and and uh, oh, he got another set of, of Ten Commandments or whatever. And that's when that happened. 430 years later. If, any, if obeying these Jewish laws could save us, then it's obviously that this would be a different way of gaining God's favor than Abraham's way, for he simply accepted God's promise. Well, then, are, why are, were the laws given? Here's good. This is why, Moses, why? 
They were added after the promise was given, that was Abraham, to show men how guilty they were of breaking God's laws. But this system of the law, it was just temporary. You know, the state of Alabama on our Supreme Courts and stuff. You know, I mean, they fussed about Ray Moore or whatever. What is Moore? He wanted to have those Ten Commandments on this. They were already on the outside of the building. <laughs> Just another copy on the inside. We did that because of our heritage. You know, okay. Well, why were the laws given? They were added after the promise to show men how guilty they were of breaking God's law. But this system of law was only to last until Christ, the child to whom the promise was made. And this is further difference. God gave his law through angels to Moses. And then he gave it to the people. But when God gave the promise to Abraham, he did it by himself. Wow. Without angels or Moses as go-betweens. Well then, are God's laws and God's promises, we're almost done here, against each other? Of course not. But look at this. If we could be saved by his laws, then God would not have had, he's going to say, Christ to die for us. He would have not have had... uh, to give us, well, a different way to get us out of the grip of sin. For the scriptures insist, look at this, we're all its prisoners. The only way out is through faith in Jesus Christ. The way of escape is open to all who believe. It's like Peter walking on the water. Remember, and he started to sink, he said, Lord, save me. That's the only way you're going to get out. <laughs> and the Bible says Jesus immediately grabbed him. And remember what Jesus said, how little you trust me. <laughs> I mean, I know, yeah, I'm working on it, Lord. I still think I got to jump through some hoops to make you like me or whatever. And he's having to calm me down because all of us come up with this thing. We like to call it, you can call it sin consciousness or whatever. I just, I just, Richard, I just feel guilty. I just, I just don't know that Jesus, he will trust the scriptures. He loves you. He will help you. Praise the Lord. Okay, for until Christ uh, came, we were guarded by the law, kept in protective custody, so to speak, until we could believe in the Savior. Let me put it another way. The Jewish laws were our teacher and guide until Christ came to give us, look at that, right standing with God through faith. But now that Christ has come, we don't need those laws any longer to guard us and lead us to him. Now we are children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And we have been baptized into union with Christ and are enveloped by him. We're no longer, look at this, we're no longer Jews, Greeks, slaves, free, look at that, or even men and women. We're all the same. We are Christians. We're all one in Christ. And now that we are Christ, we are the true descendants of Abraham. And look at this. And all of God's promises to him belong to us. That would make me go find out what he promised him over there. Oh my gosh. Shoo. One thing he said, he said, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And, and listen, this is, this is in Genesis 15. He said, and he did this right after uh, Abraham had to have a war and get his nephew back lot with 300 people. It was basically like a world war. I mean, it was a, <clears throat> anyway, the next thing, right? I'm, I'm sure Abraham's going home going, boy, I probably made all those people mad. <laughs> How am I ever going to make it? So the Lord says, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Okay, guess what Abraham said? What good are all your promises if I don't have a child? But think about that. Look at the weight of what he said. What good are all your... He knew those promises. They are so fantastic. He said, well, what good are those? I mean, I'm 100 years old and I don't have a kid. And God says, ah, you have a kid, all right. That's because he wanted one. Praise the Lord. And God will help you too. Anyway, that's the end of that. The, next, the fourth chapter, same story. Fifth chapter, the same story. Sixth chapter, same thing. Don't ever try to earn God's favor except by just asking Jesus to be your Savior. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord. It's you that died for us. Nothing else. There's only one way. It's you. We're not going to jump through any special hoops to get our healing today. 
get our final financial blessings or some other problem we're faced with, you'll just get us out because we're your kids. And it's because we trust in you. There's not anything we could do to earn anything. It's all because of Jesus. Well, I didn't leave anything left, but for us to leave a record, maybe even write a letter like Paul did to some of our friends and say, it's only Jesus that'll help us. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, right at 31 minutes.